0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Mama told son play in the yard. Papa said, go and play. You gotta your stomach on the
2: Welcome to it, Inside the Yard, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold, a couple of Orioles broadcasters. Big show today, we'll talk to Orioles third baseman, Michael Franco, is off to a really good start offensively for Baltimore, among the league leaders in RBIs, also for our Insider segment, fellow broadcaster, Melanie Newman. Jeff, we start, though, talking about starting pitching, a couple of interesting developments. I mean, John Means seems to be where he was at the end of last year, which is really a good sign for this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, it really is, and if you watched him pitch against the the Rangers in the first couple of innings, I think we said it on air, Brett, you you knew that it was going to be another good day for John Means because he was getting swings and misses. He was throwing first-pitch strikes left and right. I think he had a first-pitch strike to eight out of the first nine guys that he faced, and so you had a sense, given the Rangers' propensity to swing and miss, that he was going to be able to, as long as he got off to a good start, he could build some momentum going forward. I thought he did a really nice job going fastball changeup, you know, getting some swings and misses on the changeup, also getting some called strikes. And again, providing some length to the Orioles that are looking to get some more distance out of their starting pitchers. So that outing was really good. Unfortunately, it just came on a day where Kyle Gibson had his A stuff for the Rangers and he was able to throw eight scoreless innings. And, you know, but still a lot of good things going on right now, especially with the way that the bullpen's pitching, the starters continue to keep the Orioles in the game, but means uh, it was was a tremendous start and uh, hopefully he continues to build off of it.
2: Over this past weekend, Dean Kramer was sent down to the alternate side. He had probably his best outing of the year, going four and two-thirds, allowing just one earned run against the Rangers. Still looking for more consistency. The move seems to be more because of the off days that are built in right now. And the Orioles don't need a fifth starter for about 10 days. Uh, but your sense of where Dean is right now?
0: I think last outing, he executed some stuff a little bit better. I think he was a little too cutter happy as with something that Brandon Hyde pointed out. And you definitely saw the pitch mix resemble probably more of what he was throwing before he started to use his cutter. I mean, he only used his cutter I don't know, like four or five times. And I think he threw his changeup just about as frequently. It makes sense he would throw his curveball more just because they're, I think the Rangers had six different lefties in the lineup that day. But I think the biggest point of emphasis remained fastball command and getting ahead. There were times where he was ahead and then he was not able to, to get the the out that he was looking for. And then there were some at-bats, like the one he had against Joey Gallo, where he goes behind 3-1 and makes two great pitches and sequences really well. So you do see the flashes even on days where Dean Kramer maybe doesn't have his A stuff. We saw it that one game against the Yankees where he got bases loaded and was able to just throw his cutter and get guys out. So there are definitely flashes there, but I think it's just being in the strike zone a little bit more. And I think you understand the reason why you you don't need a fifth starter. You got a couple of off days coming up. Uh, But the other thing is you are in a National League park where you could probably use an additional bat off the bench. And so you're expecting to get Austin Hayes back We're taping this on a Tuesday. And so it just makes a little bit more sense to to structure it along those lines. And he'll, he'll be back soon. I think that's what everybody knows. He's going to be back. It's just, this is more of a, just a roster crunch kind of decision.
2: All right. Well, we have Mike Cal Franco coming up. We'll talk about his time so far with the Orioles, but first I want to tell you about single game suites. You can experience an O's game with the convenience and privacy of your own suite, a variety of affordable single game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit orioles.com slash suites for more information.
1: The Orioles! Everybody love the Orioles! Hey!
2: The Orioles! As we continue here on Inside the Yard, joining us is new Orioles third baseman, Michael Franco. And Michael, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it.
1: I mean, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. How's it
2: going uh, with your new team? You signed late. You're getting uh, involved now. Offensively, you're really coming along. Tell us about your start with the Orioles.
1: I mean, everything has been good so far, man. I just try to, you know, try to know everybody first. And everything has been well right now. Everything is going the right way. I've just got a good relationship with everybody. So, and everything has been good so far, man.
0: What's the toughest part, Michael, when you are coming to a new team and you're arriving when you did, what's the toughest part about getting prepared for the season when you, when you get started, when you did
1: this year? You know, at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's not being really tough because I've been working, I've been working and I take like my own season, like I've just been training, you know, and um, i so, and I just be like, continue to work hard every single day, every single situation. And like I said, for me, it's not not really hard. I just try to get used to it, right back on track, and try to you know working out, prepare my swim, prepare my my defensively and do my stuff in the gym. So at the end of the day, we take a little bit of time, but now I feel like I'm 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 ready to you know to keep going. For those Orioles fans who have not seen you play
2: a whole lot because you were in the National League for almost all your career, describe your kind of play. How do
1: you play baseball? First of all, I'm an energy. guy, you know, I'm high. I'm, I'm always like, I'm gonna be in the, in the, in the clubhouse and in the, and the out talking loud. You know, do some, some weird stuff. But I'm just, I'm just trying to, to be available to, to have that kind of energy for the game. You know what I'm saying? And I'm the guy that I'm talking too much. I'm just like, I'm high. I'm, I'm, i I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm trying to be good teammate. I'm trying to help my team to win in every situation. And I'm trying to just know everybody had that mentality. Everybody had that, that kind of energy. You know, it's about go out there and win the ball game and do everything you can do to get better and, and help, help my team to win. So that's the way that I have my kind of energy and show to to all my friends, to all my players, that I'm, you know, I'm high and I go out there and I go out there with, with a lot of patience, with a lot of energy. So I'm, I'm kind of like that.
0: One of the things that probably makes the transition of the Orioles easier is that the guy who's on the left side of the infield with you is somebody that you've known since you were 17 years old. What do you remember about Freddie Galvis when you two met as and you were 17 years old?
1: I mean, as you know, as as weird as as funny at the same time, but at the end of the day, man, it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing because. I know Freddie very well, and I remember when I get there, just Freddie is it, looked like he's is is a real shortstop, and for the Philly at that year. So I see that Freddie like like that, you know, and it's been amazing, man. Play with him, but, um again, play shortstop, um, play third base is like always talk, always had um that kind of close relationship is it's been amazing. It's been amazing for me. And like I said, we have to just continue to get better, continue to work hard and, and, and do everything you can do, man. And for me, it is, is I feel so proud of myself. And I, I feel, I feel like Alfredo is going to do a really good job with me. And, and I feel blessed man.
2: Michael, for you, take us through the off season because you had a pretty good year last year with Kansas city. You know, you fit over, 100 career home runs, multiple 20 home run seasons. I was looking it up. You were once intentionally walked 19 times in a single season. Were you surprised that you were kind of sitting there and spring training began in the free agent market?
1: Uh, he tell me a little bit, a little bit, yes. And I, I had to say yes, because when the season over, I know I got to um, – I know I play um um sixty again, but I play all sixty again and I do my job, you know, and then by the time I just go to the art and work hard and continue to do work hard. But in my mind I'm just like you have to be comfortable and you have to be good what you do. So and so boy, you're gonna you're gonna sign with with the team, you know what I'm saying? One thing needs you, one thing wants you, you know. But when I start to see, you know, nothing new, nothing different, like I start to worry about it a little bit, you know. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's God, man. God gave me the opportunity to do what I do and to love what I do. And and for me, I mean, at the end of the day, is the only thing that I do is just play baseball. And I'm just, and I'm just trying to do my best to just continue to do that every single year. And and like I said, be better, get better every single day, and and, and try to do my best, man.
0: You took a big step up offensively last year. After maybe 2019 was a little more on the frustrating side. What did you do to be a better offensive player last season when you were with Kansas City?
1: For me, I think I think when you when you play with that confidence, when you know you're gonna be the third best man no matter what, you play with that confidence. You know because uh, last two year with Philadelphia, I was. I was not not everyday player, you know. So I'm kind of like role, role player. But at the end of the day, um 2020 with Kansas City. It's a bit different because I know I'm gonna be on the line every day. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm gonna play a lot. So that right there made me get my confidence back because I know what I am capable to do in the big league. I know what is if I'm playing every day, I'm I'm gonna do my job, you know, for me, for my team. So that kind of confidence right there just made me, made, me, made me go out there and every single day and not think about it. Like, if I got 0 for 4, I know I'm going to be in the line on the next day. If I got 0 for 3, I'm going to be in the line on the next day. If I got 2 for 2 or 3 for 3, for sure I'm going to be in the lineup. So those right there just made me not think about it and just try to go out there and do my job every single day.
2: Michael, when you look at this Orioles team right now, what do you think? You've only been with the club. For the start of this regular season and going back a, a couple of weeks in spring training. Do you like what you see and what you're surrounded with right now?
1: I mean, um, let me tell you something, man. We had a decent team right here. We, we are a good, good hitter, good player. We can do a lot of good team this year. You know what I'm saying? If we go out there together, the pitcher stop do the pretty good job and the reliever start do the job. But as a hitter, we are there. Like we can be anybody, we can be any pitcher. We with that kind of lineup, we had it. We can be anybody. So it's, it's like I like what I see. I like what I have right now, and 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 I hope everything is worked together for us, and, and, and we're gonna be there.
0: You spent eight years in the major leagues, but there are a lot of players on this Orioles team that are a lot younger that are new to the major leagues. Who is somebody that mentored you? when you got to the Phillies and what did they, they teach you?
1: Freddie is one of those guys. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy is, is one of those guys that is, is my mentor because I see what he, everything he's do. He prepared the right way. He working out every day. Everything he do is just like serious because he wanna do, he wanna do that. He wanna get better. So he's one of those guys, you know, that I'm just seeing what he do. And try to follow him. Ruiz is another guy, Carlo Ruiz. I don't know if you know them. Ruiz is is one of those guys that I'm just like, man, he, he, this guy work hard every day. You know, I see what he's doing, and 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 made me made me work hard every day. Made me try to just get better every single day. And we kind of we kind of have those kind of players. We what I see and 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 follow what, everything he's doing.
2: All right, it's time now for our Fun 5 Baseball questions. Michael, are you ready? Yes, I'm always ready. <laughs> uh,
1: what is your favorite baseball movie? Favorite baseball movie? Jackie Robinson is, is, is one of the best. I like, I like that one.
2: All right, 42. That's a good answer. Next question is, what was your
1: favorite minor league city to either play in or visit? Minor league city? I'm gonna say Potoke because part of my family live close there, so they can go out there and see me play in the minor league. I like that one.
2: Name the most influential baseball person in your life, and this could be going back to uh, growing up in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Who who really helped you learn the game?
1: You know, part of my family like baseball. They love baseball a lot. One person that that helped me a lot, that helped me the most, is my grandpa because my grandpa. He play a little bit baseball. He not signed professionally, but he play a little bit baseball. And, and he has, he are good shortstop at it. And he love baseball. And when I see he love baseball, I try to fire baseball. And he treat me like that's what you're going to do. Baseball, baseball, baseball. And he one of my heroes.
2: That's a really good answer. Now, we usually ask, what is your high school batting average? But I know it's a little different uh, after you're signed in the Dominican. But do you remember any grade school or, or, or any sort of baseball average you had growing up and, and facing other players and, and what, how well you did?
1: I remember, yeah. We played in Dominican, we played a lot, you know, but it's like not, not about just because the average is different. But like I know exactly what the home run that I do and that.
2: That's awesome. Last question, Michael and then we'll let you go and focus on baseball the rest of the day. Give us one talent or skill you have outside of baseball. One hobby, one thing you like to do.
1: Oh um, my, like for me, like I like to do a lot of good things, but I'm not good at it, you know? Like, but let's say I'm, I just, I like to, to, to sing, but I'm not good at it, you know? So I like to like dance, but I'm not, you know, kind of like, let's say, bachata, Dominican bachata, I can do a little bit, you know, not that crazy. But at the end of the day, man, I'm, I just like to have fun with my family. I like to just have fun with my family, man, and, and enjoy my family and and everything I can do, man. And and when I be around with my family, I feel like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little baby, you know, and I, and I like to be around them.
2: Well, I think we all think we're good singers in the shower. So, Michael. It's, it's funny because, like, I feel like I can sing better,
0: but I probably can't. And then Brett feels like he can dance well, but he really can't either. So, so, so
2: that's, so we, we're right with you there. Uh, I'm lousy at both. Michael, you'll see it this year. Jeff, Orioles broadcaster, he sings the national anthem. He'll do it before a game, hopefully, once this year. He did it last year.
0: I'll do it fast. I'll do it fast too, so you guys can get out on the field. I know that people don't like long national anthems.
1: That's good. Yeah, that's good. Jeff, Jeff, do that anthem?
0: Yeah, last year. I got like I got it done in like a minute. It was pretty good.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. That's good, man.
2: Well, Michael, we really appreciate you off to a great start among the RBI leaders right now in the American League. Welcome to Baltimore. Thanks for joining us. Man,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. Appreciate it. And we, we go from there. We talk, we see the better. Hey,
0: Birdland. Orioles 2021 single game tickets are on sale now for April and May. Individual tickets start as low as 15 bucks. Purchase your single game tickets and choose from popular promo dates, including the Memorial Day beach towel and more. Don't wait to purchase last minute at the box office. Ticket prices are the same at Orioles.com slash tickets.
2: That's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander as we continue now into our Insider segment on this edition of Inside the Yard. Joining us right now is fellow broadcaster, friend, colleague, Melanie Newman is with us. Melanie, I know you're fresh back from a wedding over the weekend. Life as a baseball broadcaster, you got out of town lickety-split the other day and back into town ready to call some baseball on the radio. It's a fun transition.
3: You know, that might be the reason why Baltimore is now my new favorite city that I got off air at 630 doing post game. And I was in the airport through security by 650. I did not violate anything. I did everything by the book. But I mean, how, how do you beat that?
0: That is that is that is a minor. It, it's
2: off. a selling point uh, for the city. I think I always say that. Uh, but Jeff and I, and Big Ben, we were tracking whether or not on social media you were going to make it or not. I'm not going to say <laughs> who, but some people didn't think you were going to make it on time.
3: I didn't think I was going to make it on time. I was like sweating through, because of course we'd have a doubleheader. Why wouldn't we when I have a flight that I stupidly made during baseball season? No, I texted everybody. Everyone was waiting on standby to see like if I needed to drive overnight and what was going to happen and I think even Jim Palmer was like, that's not physically possible. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm standing in line. I'm getting on the plane." So,
2: Well, let's talk about the team. Austin Hayes back and he, he comes back. and It's a pretty crowded outfield. As many of us thought we'd see going back to spring training, what kind of impact does he have on this team, Melanie?
3: Let's, I mean, just the outfield alone is so exciting to me. I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like you just look at that part in particular and it's the most tangible piece of seeing where the Orioles are heading and I, I can't wait to see the rest of it kind of come behind it, but For Hayes, I think it's reasonable because Hyde is usually the more cautious of a guy when he starts people back in. He said the same thing with Mancini and Franco. You know, they were both ready to go. They wanted to be out there. But because they weren't really in there every single day, he wanted to make sure that it wasn't too much too soon. So I could see him doing that with Hayes. We've heard, obviously, with the alternate training site, it's not as much of a Willy Wonka mystery this year, what's going on down there. And the fact that they've gotten to have real games, I think is also another benefit to him getting back in quicker. He'll definitely be in. You can't afford to leave him out, especially if he's worked through to get back into this and, and really with something so minor, but it wouldn't surprise me if he plays game one in Miami. And of course then sits out game two or vice versa. And, and I think really after that, you've got the off day, maybe one or two more days of him just kind of being in and out before it's just every day back to the Hayes, Mullen, Santander outfield that you love to see.
0: Are you encouraged by what you've seen out of Ryan Mountcastle the last couple of days? It looked like he started to find his rhythm at the very end of the series against the Mariners.
3: I just think the most impressive thing to me about Mountcastle, and I don't think people from the outside understand, how hard it is to play so many positions. And that's been his whole career. <laughs> like he came up one way and then they, he's just shifted every single time they've told him they've needed somewhere else. And I remember seeing, you know, oh, Mount Castle's at first base and my eyes kind of popped out of my head. And again, being at that wedding, I, I didn't get to see it for myself live. I went back and looked at it a little bit, but the, the emotional maturity that it takes to really go in and be focused and not miss a beat, That's what just continues to stand out to me about him. I know that there's been a lot of talks about other guys who are coming up, but Mountcastle has seriously held his own. And I think too, some of that is now he has to balance the fact that he's kind of playing around defensively and the books out on what he can do at the plate. So now he's also trying to figure out, okay, I need to really manage my strike zone. I've got to pay attention to what they're going to throw me. They know what I'm looking for, and they're not going to give that to me anymore. And and you see that with everybody. It's kind of like a rite of passage in the big leagues. Everyone goes through it, but it's an exceptional workload for him right now. And I, I think it's just a matter of time before he and several of the other guys start clicking at the plate. He's just getting into a groove.
2: Melanie, tell me your thoughts on the rotation, the two most consistent pitchers, I guess have been two young left-handers and John means by far the most consistent pitcher. And also Bruce Zimmerman, who's just a rookie.
3: Yeah. How about that for the Orioles who I I feel like still get looked over by some people. John means is the first pitcher this year to have two scoreless seven inning sets of work. And and I think it just speaks to how he left the 2020 season. It's how they wanted him to come into 2020. And of course he tried to go through some redevelopment before he figured out that's just not him, but means is that steady guy. It's the reason he got the opening day nod because he has really found that sweet spot for him. And he's in that sweet. Spot isn't just relying on velocity and blowing guys through. He is actually still one of those pitchers who relies on the mix and making sure he's locating stuff and pushing stuff through. And, and I think that gives you a longer shelf life because the guys who go velo only, and we've got one on the team with Matt Harvey, they eventually find out that that doesn't last you forever, and then you're kind of sitting in that what's next situation. So for Means to be as strong as he is right now, and I mean, he even said it after the Rangers start, just said, "Look, yeah, I gave up a couple walks. I didn't want." to at the end and he knows he knows exactly what and when he wants to work on and improve and continue and uh, i think a lot of people wanted to count him out after the second start wasn't what he had in boston said oh well this is this is just back to being something that's developing but he showed it again in texas that no this is this is what he's going to be able to provide for the orioles and it's such a huge year if you can get a starter to go seven innings when you really have to focus on eating those 900 extra innings from last year. And how, how much happier could you be to see means doing that? And who's the other lefty in the rotation on Zimmerman who looked so good through those first nine innings at spring training. And he's even said it. Yeah, like it's, it's great to get these firsts out of the way to take in a new ballpark and know that I'm not pitching that day. So he gets to work through the excitement but then take notes on his other left-handed partner at the same time. Um, it just seems like such a stark recipe for success between the two of them to really be what you don't get to see in a lot of rotations are these two standout left-handed starters.
0: Well, last one for me, as we're talking about pitching here, I remember when you and I went to Northport to do a spring training game this year and we get the lineup card and you're looking at it and you're just like, isn't somebody missing from here? Well, it was because we were in a a park with a national league team, and we're at the very end of spring, and they wanted to get their pitcher at least one or two at bats. So Max Fried was the nine-hole hitter. You and I are doing the series against the Marlins as we're taping this on a Tuesday, but the Orioles are going to be in some National League parks this year, and they're going to have their pitchers hitting. So, what is your take on pitchers hitting in National League games?
3: So, circling back to uh Northport, first of all, that was such a a confusing moment for me because I don't think I've filled out a lineup card with a pitcher in there since maybe 2016. Just, you know, with the way that minor league stuff lined up, it wasn't until I had been in the Southern league. and, And so it just, it really, I was like, someone skipped a line here. This isn't how this works. I have a very unpopular take on it, and it's the fact that I love watching pitchers hit, and I feel like you knew that teeing me up for this. And I just go, I I completely respect pitchers who don't like to hit at all. But the big moment that always stood out to me was the first postseason game I ever got to go to, and reliever Archie Bradley hit a triple that was a a go ahead knock and just the electricity. Not only when he came up, I mean, screaming at third base and the whole crowd was on their feet and just going nuts. I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Those are the moments that I think kind of stick with me. It's the same thing. Like Bartolo finally got to hit a home run. And like, you'll remember that way more than a position player hitting a home run. I hate to say it, but they're just these unicorn moments that you don't expect and it's fun. And, and so the guys like Bumgardner, who love to hit, they're usually the ones who are also two way players. So they had that experience, but I, I like the fact that we have a league that has pitchers hit in a league that doesn't, I like having the variety and, and just seeing how that stuff matches up because of course I have a lot of respect for the DH as well. I mean, those are some of my favorite players growing up. I, I like keeping them separate and different, but That's that's my very unpopular take, as I have found out over the last two years on. this.
2: I'm not that far away from your thoughts on that, Melanie. That's the truth. I I love the strategy of what, you know, what we saw in in that extra innings game the other night with the Dodgers and Padres. That was awesome. I mean, pitchers playing the outfield. I get it. I get it. It's a big investment and you don't want those guys getting hurt, but it's fun baseball, I think. And they're athletes in the end. All right, Melanie, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
3: Always a blast, guys. The Orioles everybody
0: love the Orioles Hey the Orioles hey, O's fans come check out the Bird's Nest and all new Oriole Bird experience during home games in April and May fans can purchase an exclusive opportunity to meet the bird including a socially distant photo experience all visits are 50 bucks with proceeds benefiting the Baltimore Orioles Charitable Foundation Space is limited book your spot by visiting orioles.com/bird
2: And Jeff Michael Franco has one of those great happy-go-lucky affable personalities it's really enjoyable to speak
0: with him kind of matches up with the guy that is paired with him on the left side of the infield and in Freddie Galvis who's the same type of way and I didn't realize just how much of a mentor that Galvez was for, for Franco and it's been that way ever since their days in Philadelphia where he was playing along with you know guys like you know Freddy Galvis and he mentioned um, Chooch, Carlos Ruiz who was the leader of that Phillies team for a while. And then Ryan Howard and Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and and guys like that. So, you know, he was the type of player that when he came up, everybody thought he was going to be something pretty big and he had some good moments, but as he's gone along longer in his career, he started to put some things together. He's had some good numbers the last couple of years. And I think it's nice to have a right-handed bat like him who can take some of the pressure off of some of the other younger guys in the lineup. And as you made the really good point the other day when we were talking about it, the lineup when you have Galvis and Franco going well, that can really make this Orioles lineup a lot more dangerous and a lot more fun to watch.
2: Yeah, and I think you need people who provide that energy, especially as you're trying to rebuild. I think it's easy to say, oh, let's just put young players here and there. But the reality is you got to show young players how what it's supposed to look like When professional veterans show up at the ballpark every day, ready to win games and whether and ready to play with some enthusiasm every day, day in and day out. We all know about the six month baseball grind and guys like Galvis and Franco, they epitomize that sort of energy you need. Yeah, they certainly do. And
0: there's a certain there's a certain consistency factor that you get. I was talking to Eric Nadell with the Rangers about how steady of a player that Freddie Galvis is. And he was talking to Chris Woodward as a manager for, for the Rangers. And what have we heard Brandon Heise, just about how steady of a performer that he has been offensively. He's starting to come on a little bit. And then for, for Franco, you know, he's, he's played well at third base and then he's starting to hit the ball really well. Um, he's been chasing less And he's been driving in runs and he's been walking to and getting on base. And those are valuable things that this team needs right now, especially when you're going to go through the peaks and the valleys and the ups and the downs with a younger lineup in there. So hopefully Galvis and Franco continue to build uh, off of what they have done. Franco more in the Seattle series, Galvis more in the Texas series and, uh, and keep it going and continue to provide some pop for this lineup, which, you know, is still, you know, been a little up and down. You're trying to find some more ways to score some runs. And if you have those guys producing, then maybe that'll help the damn break.
2: All right. Well, that does it for this edition of Inside the Yard. I'm doing a few series on Masson and O's Extra Premium Post. And then, uh, Jeff, I'll rejoin you on Monday, April 26th in the radio booth. So until then, Jeff, have some good calls. Thanks. I'll miss you. Uh, Don't miss me too much. I mean, keep the tissues away for this conversation. I cried myself to sleep last night. It wasn't.
0: It's. It's not going to be the same. No, I'm just kidding.
2: No, it's. You're better company with Melanie anyway.
0: Just make sure that when you're on TV, that you put the makeup on now, because remember, we're not built for stand for uh, for high definition. We're more standard. <laughs> That's definition definitely types.
2: true. And I'm at the bust out a razor. I think at some point here, not everyone can go Jim Palmer and have that sort of class and pull off the beard the five o'clock shadow is your like go-to
0: look remember when they remember when they did the character of of us for the original inside the park or the no it wasn't it wasn't inside the yard it was for or magic Magic and they had your five o'clock shadow and everything so i think that is as much of the brett hollander brand as anything so you know maybe maybe a little bit but like don't don't go too far
2: You'll see it on the day games. You'll see it Sunday. I'm not going to shave Sunday morning before I get to the park. So you'll see a good five o'clock. Show. I'm sure I'll get an email, but that that's neither here nor there. But we'll talk soon, Jeff. Uh, I'll be sure to bring you makeup. And, uh, and thank you so much for being with us on this edition of Inside the Yard. Go it!